From KUER News in Salt Lake City, I'm Ciara Hewlett. The Utah legislature is wrapping up its 45-day session tomorrow, and lawmakers have already passed over 300 bills. KUER's Sean Higgins outlines three big pieces of legislation headed to Governor Spencer Cox's desk. The first big thing, a new baseball stadium could be coming to Salt Lake City. The bill that creates a tax increase framework to raise almost $1 billion to do so passed the legislature with bipartisan support. Some people in rural and southern Utah have expressed concern over so much public money going toward a project that does not directly benefit them. Another major topic that got the thumbs up, ensuring there's enough water for future generations. A bill that recruits some Utah water districts to help bring water to Utah from outside the state was overwhelmingly approved by both chambers. But critics say it lacks transparency because those negotiations would not be subject to public records requests. And a third big thing. If a child is conceived as a result of a sexual assault, survivors will now have the option to terminate their attacker's parental rights. That's after the legislature passed a bill that gives courts that option. It also allows the state to hold on to rape kits for up to 20 years. If the state decides to dispose of the kit, the victim must be notified. Those bills now head to Governor Cox's desk for signature into law. Sean Higgins, KUER News. And a school safety bill is now on Governor Cox's desk as of last night. It would require schools to have a resource officer, armed security guard, or a volunteer school employee trained to respond to active threats. The legislation sets up other safety standards like panic buttons in every classroom. And the governor signed a bill last night involving the schedules of Utah officials. The daily calendar of any government employee or elected official is now off-limits under records request law. The Navajo Nation is closing in on a deal that could help pipe water to tens of thousands of tribal members in Arizona. The potential agreement is with more than a dozen parties for water in the Colorado River Basin. It would give rights to the Navajo Nation and neighboring Hopi and San Juan Southern Paiute tribes. About a third of Navajo Nation homes don't have running water. Tribes were not part of a 1920s treaty that divided Colorado River Basin water among seven states, including Utah. Once finalized, this new deal would have to be approved by Arizona and the U.S. Congress. Navajo officials are also hoping for more than $2 billion for infrastructure. Most of that would be used to build a pipeline from Lake Powell. While Nevada Governor Joe Lombardo was on the campaign trail, the Republican downplayed the number of ghost guns recovered by police. That's according to a recent investigation by Reno Public Radio Station KUNR and APM Reports. Now, Democratic lawmakers are moving to ban the untraceable weapons. KUNR's Burt Johnson reports for the Mountain West News Bureau. More than a year before he was elected governor, Joe Lombardo told a group of pro-gun voters that the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department had encountered just six ghost guns. At the time, he was still in charge of the department. In reality, public records show officers had recovered at least 250 of the firearms. Ghost guns are often sold in kits without serial numbers. Las Vegas Assemblywoman Sandra Howdigy doesn't mince words when it comes to Lombardo's inaccurate claim. He chose the gun lobby over the safety of Nevadans. He chose the gun lobby over Nevada lives. Howdigy, a Democrat, has sponsored two ghost gun bans in the legislature. Lawmakers approved both, but one was overturned in court, and Lombardo vetoed the second. Neither Lombardo nor multiple Republican lawmakers agreed to an interview for this story. 
Last year, Democrats needed just one more vote to overturn Lombardo's ghost gun veto. State Senator Melanie Scheibel, who co-sponsored one of the ghost gun bans, says with a supermajority, her party can address gun violence. The investigation only reaffirmed for me the need to take action in the next legislative session to prevent more unnecessary gun violence and gun deaths. And that's a priority for Scheibel, who worked as a prosecutor in Las Vegas until recently. She says in that field, the risk posed by ghost guns is well understood. I'll put it this way. When I talk to other attorneys about gun cases, there is a common understanding and expectation that when minors are committing acts of violence or any prohibited acts with a firearm, that firearm is going to be a ghost gun. Ultimately, Scheibel says anybody who really believes in gun safety should support measures that limit the ability of people to get guns outside of the legal market. Burt Johnson, KUNR News. You're listening to KUER News.